And we know this can be overwhelming at first, right? Nutrition is this, is a huge, huge thing, but really taking small steps can have a huge impact and really get the ball rolling. And before you know it, you may be able to make some long lasting big changes. So the meal plan that we've provided is a starting point. Don't feel like, you know, if you want to take this this step that you have to follow it to a T, perhaps only just make one recipe per week and get started. Maybe make that meal a little bit bigger and then take it for leftovers over the course of the week, but just start real small. Mm-hmm. And we always want to keep the cost of eating healthy now, like the cost, you know, monetary cost, also time and energy in perspective with the hidden cost of eating ultra processed foods, which can lead to chronic disease, poor quality of life, medications, doctor's visits, and so on on the back end. So we're always trying to keep that big picture in mind. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché-Urcuyo, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, my husband, Dr. Danny, and I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of our Pursuing Health Pearls. In medicine, we refer to clinical pearls as small bits of freestanding information relevant to clinical practice, usually based on experience. Pursuing Health Pearls are shorter episodes in which Danny and I offer you succinct, high-yield info on common health conditions or other topics. We do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. With that, let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health Pearls. Hello. Here we are again. (laughs) So guys, now that we have done some deep dives in these Pursuing Health Pearls episodes on topics like nutrition and exercise and sleep and stress and metabolic health, now we're really excited because we get to start to dive into some of the nuances of these topics, as well as some other related topics um, to our health in these Pearls episodes. So get excited. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to talk about some strategies for eating real food on a budget. So we know back in episode 150, we talked all about our approach to nutrition. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, we highly recommend going back to check it out because it'll provide a lot more context for why eating real food is so important. Mm -hmm. But in that episode, we didn't have a whole lot of time to address some of the challenges of eating real food, one of them being cost. So that's really what we're going to dive into here. And before we jump in, we want to do our usual shameless plug for becoming a Pursuing Health subscriber. And as Julie and I have mentioned in the past, um, we thought long and hard about discontinuing sponsorships for the podcast about a year ago now. And we did that in order to stay true to our values and so that you guys wouldn't think that we're talking about some of the products that we love just because we're getting paid to talk about them. So know that we're not getting paid by any companies. And when we do mention products, it's coming from... Um, the bottom of our hearts, not out of any other motivation. We really just truly believe in these products and these services. However, in order for us to keep the the lights on for the podcast, um, we do need your support. Um, And it really allows us to create a lot of the the content, like the content you're about to hear, um, and to continue to make that content. So if you haven't... um, yet gone to pursuing-health.com slash subscribe, consider doing so and consider becoming a subscriber for less than the cost of a latte each month. 
Yeah. And all of our subscribers not only are supporting us, being able to continue with the podcast, which we really appreciate, but they also get access to our workout programs, exclusive discount codes, and private live Q&A sessions that we do every single month that we really enjoy doing with our subscribers. we have one coming up too. Yeah. So again, um, if you're able to, we would greatly appreciate your support. So you can head over to pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe to become a Pursuing Health subscriber. All right. Shameless plug over. (laughs) Now let's dive in. Um, We're going to talk about nutrition on a budget today. And this is a really big and sensitive topic for many reasons that we'll get into. And recall that in episode 150, we talked about the importance of consuming real whole food for our health and how the current food environment often makes it really hard to do so, especially for those who are um, on a fixed income or have limited financial resources. Right. So we talked about how we live in a world where ultra-processed foods are readily available and they're really hard to escape. So they're in all of our schools, they're in our hospitals, we have fast food restaurants on every street corner. Right. The government also subsidizes crops like corn, soy, wheat, and rice, which make up a majority of ultra-processed foods, and it makes them cheaper to the consumer. We also know that 38 million people here in the U.S. are on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, also known as food stamps. And this program allows the purchase of soda, but not rotisserie chicken because it's a prepared food. So this is one of the other challenges that we have in getting access to real whole food. Yep. And it kind of highlights some of the policies around some of these these programs as well, that it makes more makes it more challenging to get whole food, even mm-hmm. if um, they are better than, than soda pop and some other prepared foods. Now, I'm sure we've all heard this argument that eating healthy is more expensive. And, and honestly, the, the research does back this up. A, a study published in Frontiers of Nutrition in 2019 compared three different healthy eating patterns with existing eating patterns of minority groups. And this was... This study was done using the NHANES database from 2013 to 2014, um, which we've mentioned in the past. So all the diets were based on a 2,000 calorie per day diet with national food prices adjusted for inflation. And the foods in the healthy eating patterns groups, remember there were three of them, included foods that were rich in nutrients in their nutrient-rich form and that were low in sodium and didn't have any added sugar. And what they found in this study was that existing eating patterns of the minority groups in that NHANES survey cost around five to six dollars per day. And then in comparison, when they looked at the healthy eating patterns, it was eight twenty-seven per day for a American style, five ninety per day for a vegetarian style pattern, and then eight seventy-three per day for a Mediterranean pattern. So what does this all mean? Basically the cost was about the same for food per day as the existing patterns when we looked at a healthy vegetarian diet, but it costs two or $3 more per day for those eating patterns that included meat and seafood, which does add up over time. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, with that protein, you are getting more protein. Lots which of is, nutrients and protein. And yeah. we've talked about protein a lot in the past. Um, actually in episode 150, we really took a deep dive in it and that most of us are actually eating too little protein, mm-hmm. especially um, folks who are a little bit older. So that's, that's important to know. Now, it's important to look at nutrition not only through the lens of of cost and calories. Um, The healthy eating patterns in this study were higher in protein, fiber, minerals, vitamins. They were lower in solid fats, sugars, sodium, and were overall healthier. So again, um, we have to look at total costs, not just, you know, what we're spending every Mm -hmm. single day. And it's not just about the calories, right? So we're maybe spending a little bit more, but we're getting a lot more nutrients, Mm -hmm. even if maybe the calories were the same. 
Yeah. And remember also that food is information, right? It's mm-hmm. not just calories and nutrients. It's also, it turns on and off different genes and can make us healthy or, or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And we have to think about costs later on too, right? It's the costs of the food today, but also what are the repercussions of eating that food day after day for many years? Yeah. Those two to three extra dollars per day may be minuscule compared to the, the medical costs that you might have to pay or that your family might have to pay down the road. Yeah, not to mention, you know, paying for medications or just the suffering and the poor quality of life that you may have if you end up having to live with chronic diseases um, related in part to a poor diet. Right, exactly. So again, this is backed by research too. There was a 2015 review of fast food patterns and cardiometabolic disorders, and they found that essentially eating away from home or consuming fast food was associated with a poor quality diet. So like we just talked about, higher calorie and fat intake, but lower in those micronutrients, which are so important. It was also associated with being overweight and particularly abdominal fat gain. So that visceral adiposity, which we know we've talked about in previous episodes with metabolic health, that is what is so inflammatory and really associated with the increased cardiovascular risk. Poor metabolic health, also associated with increased inflammation, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and cardiovascular disease. So pretty much the takeaway from this paper is that you can't fill your gas tank with junk and expect it to function like a Ferrari. Yep. Um, it will, your body will eventually, eventually break down if you don't give it what it needs. However, knowing that you should eat healthy food is obviously not enough. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, we'd be in a much better situation. Um, there's so many social factors that influence people's ability to eat well. Um, and a big piece of that is, is what's available in your community. So studies show that places with higher availability of fast food were associated with higher mortality and hospital admission rates for heart disease, as well as a higher risk for obesity, which totally makes sense, right? If mm-hmm. those poor food choices are more available, you're going to be more likely to eat them. And then the end result is that you're going to get sicker. Exactly. It's really complex. And Danny and I here obviously recognize that we do come from a very privileged place. So we ourselves had not have not had firsthand experience of having to navigate eating healthy on an extremely limited budget. We also recognize there is a lot of systemic factors that need to be addressed to remedy this problem as we discussed above. This is not as simple as just knowing what to eat and doing it or having certain willpower. Um, but we also don't think that we should wait around for all of these systemic issues to be resolved before we start taking action because right now people are suffering as a result of these problems and there are things we can do about it and there are ways that we can help people to still eat healthier, or eat more real food or get more of those micronutrients, which are really important without necessarily having to spend more money. Right. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of an, uh, a small experiment we did for ourselves to determine the cost of fast food and whole food purchased um, at a grocery store to highlight some of these issues. And we'll also review some tips and, and resources that we found in preparation for this. Um, for And the, these resources are actually, I mean, I was kind of blown away by how much, how much is out there um, in terms of... Um, you know, the ability to get foods cheaper than I was anticipating and mm-hmm. being able to get things in bulk and, and community resources and all that stuff. So we're really excited to share that with you guys. And in future episodes, we'd love to dive a little bit further into this topic too. So if you guys know of any guests or personal experiences or have expertise in this topic, please let us know. Um, go to the website and fill out the contact us form and we'd love to, to get in touch. We also would like to give a huge shout out to Ariana Fiorita, who is a functional and integrative registered dietitian who helped us a lot with the background research for this comparison. And mm-hmm. she also helped to collect some of the resources that we're going to share with you here. So huge shout out and yes, thank you thank to you. Ariana. 
All right, so let's dive into this meal comparison. So what we did here is we compared one week of meals from either fast food restaurants or from shopping at a grocery store and preparing the meals at home. So we realize there's plenty of problems with this comparison. It's definitely not comparing apples to apples. Um, you know, the fast food meals are already prepared and convenience is part of what you're paying for. So obviously we know fast food meals are gonna cost less than eating a healthy meal out at a restaurant. And there's also additional cost baked in in that real food grocery store plan because you have energy, time, knowledge, access to a kitchen, everything that's required in order to shop and prepare and cook that food at home, which, you know, we don't take lightly. That is also a huge um, amount of resources that have to go into this. But we would argue that having some of that upfront investment in order to do so is worthwhile to avoid the disease and suffering on the back end. And it's probably not realistic for someone to eat every single meal over the course of a week at a fast food restaurant. It's probably more likely that they'll eat a few meals at a fast food restaurant and then perhaps swing over to a grocery store and buy prepared or ultra processed foods from that store. So again, think about this more of a, an intellectual exercise, if you will. Um, we'll have the details of the comparison in a downloadable format over on the blog post. Um, so if you head over to pursuing-health.com slash ph-podcast, um, you'll be able to see it there. And there you can compare one meal or one day of meals from the week-long meal plans, which is maybe another more practical way to look at it. All right, so here's some background on how we structured this comparison. So we made a one-week meal plan, which included breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks for seven days. Approximately, we try to stick to around 2,000 calories per day. Um, and then we try to make it realistic in terms of meals that someone might order or that someone might want to eat throughout the day. So for our fast food restaurants, we looked at the five largest chains from across the U.S., which include McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and Pizza Hut. And then for our real food meal plans, we looked at sourcing our ingredients from Kroger and Aldi. So both of these are grocery stores that are available across most of the country. Um, Kroger is the second largest retailer after Walmart, has about 3,500 locations, stores in 42 states. And Aldi also is growing over 2,000 stores in 37 states and on track to become the third largest grocery store. And we've also been tracking on Aldi lately too, because they've been making a big effort to make healthier food, including more organic options, more affordable and accessible, and they have prices up to 50% cheaper than traditional supermarkets. So again, we have no relationship with Kroger <laughs> or Aldi, but we felt like these were good representative grocery stores that were widely available um, and that would give us some some pretty accurate pricing for the ingredients we were trying to source. So we also wanted to make sure that our recipes or our meal plan was still interesting and enjoyable to eat, right? We didn't want to just eat chicken and broccoli every single day for every <laughs> meal. So some of the recipes um, that we use are things like three ingredient pancakes with peanut butter and berries, overnight oats, a Mediterranean pasta salad, chicken salad, zucchini noodles with marinara, and snacks like nuts and fruit. And again, you can download the full week's worth of comparisons over at the website, um, and you can take a look at it for yourself. Um, we also made a budget-friendly real food meal plan that you can download for free and use for yourself, and it includes shopping lists, recipes, and the, the cost, calorie, and macronutrient breakdowns for each meal. So it's a great opportunity to, to maybe try some new foods um, mm -hmm. and, and download that food guide. Yeah, or share it with someone who know who you maybe want to help improve um, the quality of their diet, but cost is a big factor for them. It, it can be helpful as a guide, maybe just trying one recipe or one meal or maybe, you know, sticking to it for the full week and seeing how it goes. Absolutely. So we're going to walk through one example day here and you can check out the rest of the analysis mm -hmm. in the PDF, but we chose Tuesday. 
Um, so if someone's going to get their meals from a fast food restaurant, it may look something like this. For breakfast, they may go to McDonald's and they may get an Egg McMuffin with hash browns and a large coffee, which would run them about five bucks, four dollars and ninety-four cents. For lunch, they may go to Taco Bell. They'll get three soft tacos, chips, nacho cheese sauce, and a large drink, which will run them $6.36. And then for dinner, they may have an avocado chicken salad from Wendy's and a large drink for $8.28. And that comes out to 1,720 calories and a total cost of $21.08 and a cost per calorie of 1.2 cents. So it's It's about about 20 bucks per day, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's definitely a lot more than we heard in that original study looking at the current eating pattern. So we know, of course, this isn't comparing what, what the, you know, the cheapest meal that you could find at a grocery store. This is also the convenience of the fast food. Right. So we compare that then to a day of eating on the real food grocery store meal plan. So this looks like hard boiled eggs with fruit and half an avocado for breakfast, a little less than $2 chicken salad with cucumbers and a piece of fruit for $3 and 55 cents for lunch dinner of zucchini noodles with marinara and meat sauce, $1.65, and then two handfuls of nuts and a piece of fresh fruit for snacks, adding up to about $2. So here on this um, real food day of eating, the total calories were 1961, so just a little less than 2,000, a little bit more total calories actually than the fast food plan, and then the total cost for the food that day was $8.83. So this is very much in line with what we saw from that study, the U.S., um, or the American style eating and the Mediterranean style eating patterns from that research study that we just talked about. So it seems pretty on point with what we were expecting. And here the cost per calorie is only about 45 cents. So a third of the cost of, of the fast food plan. Plus you're getting or tons. 0.45 cents, actually less than a cent. Oh, sorry. Less than a cent. <laughs> so you're actually um, getting, you're also actually getting a ton more micronutrients yes. um, that you're not getting from that fast food. Right. And now let's take a look at the comparisons for the entire week. So the total cost per week for fast food would be $126.90, which is about 18 bucks per day. Again, a lot of money. Yeah, $18 per day is, is a lot of money for food. Yep. And then for real food, it's about $65 or $9.28 per day, which is about half as much um, compared to the fast food mm-hmm. um, plan. In terms of total calories, both were close to 2,000 calories per day. But again, the cost per calorie was still about half as much for the real food plan. So a much better bargain if you think about it. Yeah. So half as much um, cost per calorie and also probably way more if you look at cost per micronutrient profile. Yes, absolutely. Um, some, a couple of additional insights as we looked at the comparison. One was looking at soda or just drinks with added sugar. So a large soda added an additional almost 300 calories and 77 grams of added sugars and cost $1.50. Uh, that's a lot of added sugar, yeah. 77 grams. And then also looking at some of those coffee drinks too, a small caramel mocha added on an additional 310 calories as well as 40 grams of added sugar. So those Yikes. are always places to think about where, of course, you're really not getting any nutritional benefit, but you are getting a lot of this extra sugar, which we know can have um, a detrimental impact on our metabolic health over time um, and it costs more. So that, that caramel mocha costs $2.39. Right. Um, again, we are admitting this is not exactly comparing apples <laughs> to apples, right? We could have compared an 
ultra processed grocery store meal plan with the real food meal plan, or you could have compared fast food versus eating out at a healthier restaurant. But we hope that this still provides some insight and can make us all think before we choose to eat out at a fast food restaurant. Right. And this exercise also highlights the importance of, of planning ahead and doing grocery shopping. Um, really by having everything on hand. And I know this is definitely a situation for us. Oh yeah, for sure. If we have everything on hand, it's a lot easier to make a healthy meal and be less influenced to stop by, you know, some sort of restaurant, carry out or something like that. So you can actually, you know, you have more willpower essentially to do that. If you know you have food at home rather than thinking, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, now I got to go to the grocery store and get the food. And Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it's a lot easier just to swing by and get something carry out. Right. So setting yourself up for success. That's why, you know, a lot of people really do well with meal prepping on Sundays mm-hmm. or making a big dinner a couple times a week and then using leftovers for lunches. There's a lot of ways to do it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever works for you so that you always have that food available, um, is going to make it a lot easier and you're going to be less tempted to choose maybe the more expensive or less healthy yes. option that's readily available. All right. So now that we've talked about that comparison and again, you can go check it out, look at it, um, see what additional insights you have. Use that real food meal plan if you want to or give it to a friend. But we also wanted to review some tips and resources for eating on a budget because there's really, as Danny mentioned earlier, there's really a lot of stuff out there. So one of my favorite ones, which we have yet to start, but we have we have, <laughs> we have big plans, plans <laughs> big plans to do this in the near future, is growing your own garden. So if mm-hmm. you have the space and the ability to do so, um, it can definitely help to you know, grow your own produce. You don't have to worry necessarily about buying that. Um, you just basically have to put in the time and the effort and pay for the seeds in order to make that happen. Right. Another tip is, is to buy things that are on sale or, um, on special. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can buy bulk when things are on sale as well as if it's a non-perishable food item and buying things in season is also important. Um, typically things that are in season are going to be higher nutrient density. Mm -hmm. They're going to be healthier for you um, and generally cheaper too, because you know, the less transport costs and all that good stuff. We have some resources in the blog post um, for seasonal food guides. You know, one of them is www.seasonalfoodguide.org. And snaps also has a seasonal produce guide as well. So make sure to check that out. Then if you are interested in looking into purchasing organic for some foods, the Environmental Working Group has a great resource called The Dirty Dozen and Clean Mm -hmm. 15, which they put out every year that identifies the foods that are most important to buy organic because maybe they're the highest um, pesticide load. While there's other foods that maybe you don't have to worry so much about buying organic because even if you do, the difference in pesticide load isn't all that great. So that can be a really good guide so you're not having to worry about buying everything organic, but just the ones that are going to have the biggest bang for your buck. And we've linked to that up in the blog post as well. There's also some great guides for finding local organic foods in your area. So eatwellguide.org is one of those. Localharvest.org is one where you can put in your city or your zip code and get a list of all the farmers markets in your area, which is also a really great way to eat and support local um, and eat foods that are going to be a little bit more rich in micronutrients and something Danny and I really enjoy doing whenever we visit a new city. We always love going to check out the farmer's markets. Yeah. So buying produce from services that lower food waste is also um, a good idea. Um, I didn't know this until maybe a couple of years ago, but a lot of the produce doesn't make it to the grocery store because it just doesn't look that good. It's still, it doesn't look pretty. It's not pretty. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's little blemishes. It's little blemishes. Maybe it's like a weird shape, but there's, there's still incredibly nutrient dense. There's services like imperfect foods and perfectly, uh, perfectly imperfect produce that, mm-hmm. um, that actually sell these, these foods that 
might not look that great, but are very, very nutrient dense. And a lot of these services also deliver all around the U.S. So make sure to check out the links in the website. That might be an easy way to get produce that's a little bit cheaper. There's also um, a service called Farm Boxes that delivers fruit and vegetables to your door, which can save time. And then during these COVID times, it mm-hmm. can also help you know reduce your exposure as well. You might not have to go to the grocery store. They can bring it right to your place. Yeah. As Danny mentioned a little bit earlier, buying in bulk is another way to help reduce the cost of food. So obviously you have to pay a little bit more upfront um, to purchase that bulk item, but then the cost per serving is going to end up being less. So um, some links that we've included on the blog post to places like Webstaurant Store, Vitacost, Nuts.com, and Thrive Market um, are some that may be helpful. The, again, Environmental Working Group, we're big Mm -hmm. fans of that organization. They also have um, a great guide called Good Food on a Tight Budget. It lists tons of nutritious foods, um, ones that are most economical. Um, And then they also have a um, beautiful guide that has tasty recipes, um, easy tools for tracking food prices, which is interesting, and then tools to make your own weekly menu and also blank shopping lists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an awesome guide. And I think for, you know, if you really want to geek out on this and try to get the most bang for your buck to be able to get the most nutrients or to be able to, to still be able to eat real food on a tight budget, this is definitely the one-stop shop that I would send people to. Yeah. And again, we, we really want to emphasize the power of food. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. sleep and food are probably the two most important things followed closely by exercise. So this is a great, I don't know. We could argue about that all day. I think stress, (laughs) stress is up there too. They're all important, I guess, but, um, yeah. Anyway, nutri- nutrition is obviously super important. So, you know, perhaps fo- if you have a medical condition, focusing on nutrition can be a really um, the biggest bang for your buck potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Then there's also a grocery budget calculator, SpendSmart, um, which we've linked to on the blog post, which can be really helpful. Uh, and some coupon sites. So tons of coupon sites like organic food coupons, saving naturally, organic deals, health savers, Um, Don't underestimate the amount that you can save by using those coupons or savings apps that you can download on your smartphone, like Grocery Pal, Cartwheel, Mm -hmm. Coupon Sherpa, Apples to Oranges, or Keyring. And of course, we've linked all of these over on the blog post for this episode on pursuing-health.com forward slash PH podcast. So you can head over there and check it out, um, explore, and hopefully you'll find something that will help you save a little bit of money when you're grocery shopping next time. So we hope this was a really helpful way to start this discussion about eating for our health, even on a budget. And as we mentioned before, this is a very deeply seated and systemic problem. It needs to be addressed on many levels from our farm subsidies to food deserts, availability of healthy food in schools and hospitals and so on. So we hope we've provided at least a little bit of insight and some resources to help you or your loved ones get started in a way that is affordable. And we know this can be overwhelming at first, right? Nutrition is this is a huge, huge thing. Um, but really taking small steps can have a huge impact and really get the ball rolling. And before you know it, you may be able to make some long-lasting big changes. Um, so the meal plan that we've provided is a starting point. Don't feel like, you know, if you want to take this um, this step that you have to follow it to a T, perhaps only just make one recipe per week and get started. Um, Maybe make that meal a little bit bigger and then take it for leftovers over the course of the week, but just start real small. Mm -hmm. And we always want to keep the cost of eating healthy now, like the cost, you know, monetary costs, also time and energy in perspective with the hidden cost of eating ultra processed foods, which can lead to chronic disease, poor quality of life, medications, doctor's visits, and so on on the back end. So we're always trying to keep that big picture in mind. Right. 
So again, make sure to check out the blog post where you can download the one-week uh, meal plan comparison as well as the real food meal plan, the recipes, the shopping lists, and get access to all the other resources that we talked about here in this episode. And another huge thanks to Ariana Fiorita, uh, who is a functional integrative registered dietitian who helped us put this all together. And we always welcome your feedback. So let us know what you think about this episode. Please feel free to share your ideas for other resources and guests on the Contact Us form on the website. Yes. And any other resources you send our way, we'll be happy to include in the blog post for other people to access as well. So we really appreciate it. One last final reminder before we go, we do have a strong commitment to not having sponsors on this podcast, as we've talked about earlier, in order to remain as unbiased as possible for you. We just never want you to think we're talking about something just because we're getting paid. And obviously, we mentioned a lot of different products and services, (laughs) even in this podcast and apps. And we never want you to think that we're talking about them just because we're getting paid, especially not those fast food companies. (laughs) Right, right. And the only way for us to continue what we're doing here and bring you content like this is with your support from our listeners. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes we've done thus far, please show your support. Head over to pursuing-health.com slash subscribe to become a Pursuing Health subscriber. And again, you can do this for as little as $4.99 per month. Both Julie and I do this for a podcast that we really love. Mm -hmm. So we hope that you'll consider doing it in a similar way. Not only will you support what we're doing, but you'll also get access to our workout programs, exclusive discount codes, and live Q&A sessions that we do every single month that we love doing with our subscribers. So. Again, we'd really appreciate it. If you're able to, please head to pursuing-health.com forward slash subscribe to show your support. Thanks again. We'll catch you guys next time on Pursuing Health Pearls. Adios. Adios.